BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. This is Cop Father. I am Craig Rommel along with my buddy, Dennis Cornelius. How you doing? Good, bro. How are you? So we can't see because we're audio, but he's wearing his, actually, I don't want to date ourselves here, but he's wearing his Maple Leaf shirt. Raise your camera. I don't want to look at that shirt. Don't be so. This should be over in four games. And and Sandine, I don't know what happened there. Like, it should be a 3 nothing game. Stop being that guy and just accept. A little upset with them right now. They had a loss the other night, so. But saying that, a couple of things have come up. One of the episodes got shut down by Facebook because I was talking about police and politics. And we're looking into it. We're investigating it. We can't get a hold of anybody from Facebook to find out why. It is a little bit ironic that now even discussing policing is being policed. As long as they're doing it both sides and they're not. Black Lives Matter does not get shut down. But we are going to try to get some experts on as to why this happened and talk about it. I don't know how you talk about police without talking about politics. I don't know how you talk about politics without talking about the police. We did something where we told the truth. We played some evidence of uh, a mayor that had said something very negative about the police, and Facebook shut it down. So hopefully we can get to the bottom of it. But I don't know how you talk about one without the other. And we are obviously want to give the true police side of this. That's what the podcast is about. Behind the blue line, this is what's actually going on. And, and you've lived a lot of it also in the last 15 years, Dad. You've witnessed the politics and the policing of this thing. I have. And just as a comment there, when we spent a couple of years on the road driving around America, your memoirs, I told you at the start and after our TV uh, collaboration, and even now, I agree with you, 75% of everything that you've ever believed in. Where were you before you met me? You're, you're a liberal. And I don't say that in a negative way, but you're, you're a liberal. You're, you're liberal. Yeah, because I'm actually, I voted for Stephen Harper two terms. Oh, but you're a liberal. I don't know where I am now. I mean, I'm a conservative, but I'm not a Tea Party guy. I think that's too crazy. So, that's, that's so where that's were you before good. you met me? I am kind of a centrist, but with you... I realized it was common sense. Cop father was about common sense. You can't have cities, tourism, development, money without a certain amount of law and order and a safety essence. And what I wanted to say before we start today is that the 75% 
which may now, as you get older, when you have young children or children growing up in a city, maybe it does veer off to 80 or 81%. It doesn't mean that I've abandoned. Now you're talking about pro-police, more law enforcement. When you say 75, 80, let's just make it clear. You're saying you, I don't, okay, pro-police, but you're pro-law enforcement, law and order. Is that fair? That was always, before you, when I realized what you guys were up against, it was at 75. Now, I think I'm at 90. No, hold on. Let me correct you. Sorry. You became 90 when we were in L.A. at the Bonavista Cigar Lounge, (laughs) and I would, two hours into having scotches and cigars, then you went to 90%. No one actually changes their stripes. There are certain common sense things that you mature into. No, I had the crowd going. When when we were entertaining the Canadian actors, all the people involved in the movie and TV industry, I did sway some people. You got to give me credit here. When we were at the Bona Vista. Yeah, Yeah, you did. And they were in awe because, A, number one, they knew you were getting a television series. They were actors. They were creative people. But me, speaking now with a 13 and a 12-year-old, two boys in the city of Toronto, the mockery of the reaction to, oh, we got to just defund the police. They're terrible. Even if I have some ideology things about taking care of everybody when they're hurting, it's not socialist. It's not left-wing. It's the best common good for everybody. But what I don't agree with now, this campaign of the last couple of years, if you take money from the people that are supposed to protect us, then who actually ends up protecting anybody in an anarchy? And I remember doing this research to test you because you're, you're actually, you told me one thing. When you're a cop, you're a cop till you die. You don't change your stripes. You're a cop right till the end of your life. Well, I checked on it. 1.2%. So 1.8% of everything from the 80s and 90s turned into the cops making mistakes. This is from the Toronto Police Association and the Toronto Police Service at 40 College Street. I went into the archives. I asked for this stuff. In other words, 900 times a day, something's happening. Five times a day, the cops, whether it's a personal thing or they're racist or untrained, They make a mistake. That goes to page one. And the great 988 things is relegated to page 14, 40, or after the sports. And that's when I moved from 75 to 80 to 90 about support for the police. It's common sense. And what is the fact of the matter? Which is a good lead in to what we want to talk about today. Let's go. So we're going to talk about the trend of defunding being reversed now. I'm going to read some of the headlines, some major uh, publications in North America about the defunding the police, and it was a mistake. The articles, the headlines are, it has to go back to more police, more money. I want to get into that. This is the last few days, some of the headlines. Wall Street Journal. Cities reverse defunding the police amid rising crime. One year after the movement to defund law enforcement began to upend municipal budgets, many American cities are restoring money to their police departments or proposing to spend more. 
In New York City, Mayor de Palacio said he would reinstate $92 million for a new police station that was scrapped because of this political stuff last year. The mayor of Baltimore, who led efforts as a city councilman to cut the police budget by $22 million last year, recently proposed a $27 million increase. CNN, this is the last couple of days. The U.S. saw significant crime rates across majority of cities in 2020, and it's not letting up. This is since the defunding. This is my probably my favorite. Atlanta mayoral candidate denies wanting to defund the police after kids steal his car. <laughs> so he's out campaigning as the new mayor of Atlanta. And while he's talking at the podium, kids between the ages of 6 and 12 stole his Mercedes. And he was right there. And this is the candidate. This guy's name is uh, Antonio Brown. Come on, bro. Is listen, that true? Listen. Who published that? So Brown said, this is CNN and Fox. All right. Brown said the thieves jumped into his vehicle on Wednesday after he got out to speak with community leaders. The councilman described the kids as being between the ages of 6 and 12. The same councilman, Brown, had voted in support of ordinance to withhold $73 million from the budget of the Atlanta Police Department. He noted that the money would go into escrow in order to reimagine our public safety system. He was attending a ribbon-cutting ceremony in northeast Atlanta around noon. This is noon, when at least four kids jumped into his car and took off. This is the New York Times. A year after George Floyd, pressure to add to police amid rising crime. And this is the same article in the New York Times. A year after streets echoed with the calls to defund law enforcement, and city leaders embraced the message by agreement, to take $150 million away from the Los Angeles Police Department budget, or about 8% of the overall budget. The city last week agreed to increase the police budget to allow the department to rehire the 250 officers that let go. The increase essentially restores the cuts that followed the protest of last year. So you got to agree, most of these are centered to left-wing publications. Wall Street Journal, LA Times, our New York Times, CNN. So there is a movement now driven by the media to say of the 66 major urban centers in the United States, crime rate is skyrocketing in 63 of them since last summer. No coincidence. And stuff we've talked about many times, Dennis. They have great plans. They want to have more jobs. They want to build more community centers. They want to do all this, which is down the road. What are you doing in the meantime? There's no plan in the meantime. And by this rhetoric, it gave confidence to the criminals. And I'm talking about all communities. This isn't just certain communities. This is all communities. Got very confident and cocky when it came to breaking the laws or shooting each other or violent crime, property crimes. This, this is what happened here. And now, whether it's too late or not, seems like it's a complete reverse. All right. Don't be so defeatist. This was a reaction they did during marches and stuff because. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Bad cops did things over three or four years, and those things caught the attention of America and the world. And the reaction now, they've realized, oh, we did that to keep everybody riveted to the TV and the internet, and the police are bad. Now they've woken up and realized, oh, that was one, two, three percent of every police force of our nation. And now we actually need them like we need an army or borders or whatever you want to call it. They reacted. It was a knee jerk. It was political. It was grandstanding. But that was never going to happen. The silent and the vocal majority never can do without. Human nature is that some people have little, some people have middle, some people have more than middle, and some people are rich. And there's a certain part of society that no matter what rehabilitation you do, they're going to shoot each other for drugs, for money, for cars, for whatever. That's the issue. But policing and defunding was always the most ridiculous thing that anybody that cares about their city and their neighborhood ever could have come up with, defunding the police. So who do we, Re- blame? Who do we blame, Dennis, for that? Who's responsible for many more people being murdered on the streets, and not just in the States? Crime's gone up here in Canada, too. I mean, in the city of Toronto, gun crime, everything's up. But who... If we had to go back and, you know, 20 years from now, look at what happened where let's slash everything. And it was the political side of this. The grandstanding was through the roof on this. People were afraid to stand up to certain communities. Who's, is it the media? Is it people taking advantage of a situation? Because I go back to this, that being anti-police is a multi-billion dollar industry. Sure it is. People make a lot of money on it. I mean, overall... The negative story sells. Who do we hold responsible? Because it's clear it was a mistake, which we've always said. But who do we go to now to make sure this doesn't happen again? Because a lot of people have died in the meantime. Forget the virus. Because of the crime rates going up, people are unnecessarily dying because there are less coppers on the street. Well, the 70s and 80s, it, you know, and I shared with you some National Film Board stuff about Regent Park and the redevelopment of Here it. Here in Toronto. Again. In Toronto. And here's the problem. I think, like you said, when you became a copper in 79, whenever it was, the city of Toronto was comfortable when it was all in one certain section of the city and they could still make their money, build their stuff, and King and Bay was still going on and everything. Oh, that's Regent Park. That's 51 Division. That's the shithole. That's whatever. And Jane and Finch, of course. And now, which we talked about, I think about a year ago, you told me, you know, when I was 20-year-old cop, I understood this is where it all happens. Now you're 60 years old and you're saying, 
hey, it doesn't matter about Regent Park anymore. Now it's everywhere. Now it's in front of Yorkdale or Fairview Mall or in front of boutiques or cafes or whatever. Now it's rampant, the defiance of not being able to police a city this big because of, I don't want to call it that, because I think it's a wrong thing to say stereotyping or carding or anything. But the truth is, when you get a call as a cop and they give you a description and you're going into an area which is predominantly crime-ridden, I, I never saw the arithmetic or the math or the logic of how you get away from not looking for similar suspects in the middle of the night. And it's always been a very hard thing for me to swallow and accept. And I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I lived in New York and Queens in the worst crack-infested neighborhood in 94, 95. And I was the only white guy for about a mile and a half. And I understood if the police stopped me, I was nervous about it. And that situation, and this is a question we have to ask more people. Do you want the copper to stop you? Or do you want the drug dealer walking up to you? Where do you feel more fearful of? If you're in a neighborhood, and this is people that live there, people are trying to get- I'm white, or, I'm or, white. Or, yeah, you're white, you're in a certain neighborhood. Do you want the copper? Are you more fearful of the copper? Or are you more fearful of what you know is a drug dealer, no matter what race or color he or she is, coming up to you? What do you feel more nervous about? And I think people have to ask that question now. Coppers cannot perform their duties without stopping and talking to you. It's impossible. Or we're it's seeing what crime, goes bro. on now. If there's Where a you, crime. Back then, what were you more fearful of? The, the, the uh, wrong the, person the, walking up to you or the addicts. copper? The crack addicts. Of course. I mean, I think that's what, that's where we have to put this in perspective is that what do you want? You can't have it both ways here. If you don't want that copper around to stop and interview you, and even I, if I get, I get pulled over, I'm still like, oh shit, what's going on? It, it, the little stress goes up a bit. No doubt about it. Everybody. I don't know how else you do, coppers do their job without that. They have authority, but how else do you get around it? So if the people are complaining about getting pulled over by the copper, and we, we just talked about this, all the videos out there of shootings at noon hour in the broad daylight in a major intersection, are you more fearful of those people that are going to shoot back and forth? Or you're more fearful of the copper having to pull you over, stop, for whatever reason. And I don't think we talk about that enough. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Who's going to be the political leader to say, this is not about 
race. It's about the sanctity of our city. Who's doing bad things and who is trying to protect us from that? And let's go from there. And you know that I, I spoke to a lot of now retired veterans of 51. They used to tell me that for every news editorial about issues of police overstepping and getting a little bit abusive and this and that, there were 30 or 40 families there on Oak Street or River saying, please come around more. Please come around more. Yeah. Forget about the newspapers. We need you more now. Don't shy away. And that's what I think was never reported. And that's what I think is the problem. With all the headlines and the propagation of bad police, which is a myth, it's a myth, it's a few percent, just like in every other facet of society, most people, especially the poor, need police more than the rich. No one ever got that. The poor need the police more than the rich. You're right. The people that need the police. And that's where it's happening. At the same time, you're right. Back in my day, there was a couple of pockets in a major city like Toronto. I would tell you, don't go to those areas. Now, it's it's across the city. It's like almost everywhere. No matter where you are, something could happen. You want a cop going by, showing the flag as much as possible. That slows down crime. Copper doesn't have to get out of the car. Just a matter of driving around. That's the flag you want to see. I think it's encouraging with these headlines. I think so, too. I think it's a... That is the necessary correction of 2020, even with the pandemic. These headlines you read, and when you say center and center left or even Fox, Fox is not, in my personal opinion, Fox is is very colored. The centrist news media is the center. We always have to look at the center, not left or right wing, the center. This is why I'm happy that People like Trump are gone. The center is the most focal point of both sides, and let's make it better. But these headlines you read at the start of this, bro, are the most positive things that I've seen, which I think you in your heart, you knew it was coming last July. You knew it's all going to come back. I did, but at the same time, a lot of people have suffered for it. A lot of people have died on the streets. That shouldn't have. Yeah. So that I go back to that question, who's held responsible for that? And I'm not, not talking about one group, but somebody should look at this and say, okay, when you talk about defunding the police, when you start defunding the police and crime goes up, somebody should be asking these questions as to, okay, how did this come about and who's responsible? Somebody's responsible. You got to remember crime's up 30, 40, 80% in some centers. Majority of people aren't even allowed on the street. So this happened during the pandemic that it went up. If we didn't have the pandemic and we had the defunding the police protest and people were still out and about, then the crime would have been even more on the rise than what it is now. This is during the pandemic when really 60, 70% of us are staying at home. It could have been a lot worse or it will get a lot worse unless we control it right now because this pandemic is going to end and people are going to get back out there. A lot of criminals are very confident right now to continue with their trade knowing that the police aren't around so it's it's actually going to get worse it's encouraging to see the headlines now to say that this isn't a moment to pound your chest that we we told you so a while ago this is a moment right. to say 
let's just fix this. Let's get more coppers on the street. Let's increase the police budgets. And I go back to it. You touched upon it. High crime rate, less tourism, and the real estate values go down. People don't go to Detroit for a vacation, and they don't go there to buy a house because the crime rate is high. Bottom line, we don't want to see that everywhere. People are leaving major centers right now. They're, they're afraid. They're going to the outskirts. So it's an encouraging sign. But now the police leaderships, they have to jump on this now. Come out with even more stats. Come out with your own stats and say, yeah, this has happened in the last 12 months in our community. If crime's gone down, say that. Majority of the time, crime's gone up. You know, we got to acknowledge that now. This is when the police leadership takes over and educate people. Don't depend on the media here. Well, police leaders have to, the common sense side of this, the reality side of this, come out with even more stats. Stick to stats because they have them. I get calls every day about it. Okay, here are the stats. Show the documents where it has actually gone up. And this is all community, all city centers, no matter how big or small. And this is when the police can take this over and start educating everybody. You know, you're right there. And just to touch on that, the truth is that there also has to be courage not only in the police leadership, because the old blue wall of silence has eroded for years now. Remember, you used to once brag to me that you never wanted to represent, spend a single dollar for any rotten apple that was going to smear the rest of a platoon in one division. You would let them dangle. And you know what? You're not a policeman anymore. Good luck defend yourself. You were wrong. You did something bad and that's it. And that philosophy of self-policing the police would be a very welcome thing also right now where when good cops see a guy doing bad things and you know what? Brown bag them, beat the hell out of him at that shift and say, don't do this on my watch. I'm trying to get home to my wife and kids. The self-policing of police also has taken a little bit of a step back from your day. You know what? Well, I can't add to that. I'm going to end it on that <laughs> note. I can't say I can't say anything else. I'm glad it came from you. I agree it with did, you. It did come from me. I, I agree with you. And we'll see how these headlines go. And as I said, in our next podcast, we're going to talk about this Facebook situation. We're going to have a couple of experts come on. Sure. Uh, about the policing of comments being made on Facebook, which this podcast has been affected by. So hopefully we get aired here, buddy. Hopefully we're allowed to put this out and we'll go from there. Listen, buddy, as always, you bring common sense to the conversation. I appreciate it. So do you. And this was very important to discuss today. I'm glad. God bless you. And go Leafs and let's go Leafs. The <laughs> Canada needs it. Uh, yeah, we do need it. Thanks, everybody. If you want to get a hold of us, go to info at copfather.com. And we will talk to you soon. This is Copfather. I am Craig Bramell, along with Dennis Cornelius. Thanks for joining us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.